alien spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know exactly, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. Hello and welcome to the 40th Annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody and I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. Um, I want to start this off on a probably hot button topic by the point this episode is released. I currently am planning on going to the new Star Wars this upcoming Sunday. Now, obviously, we don't want to spoil anything. I don't really even know much about the film, but are you planning to go see it within the next week? Yes, I am. Uh, I'm planning on going maybe in the morning or the afternoon. Hopefully, I'm looking for a time when there's not going to be a lot of, uh, like, a shit ton of people going. I'm not a huge fan of... uh, going to crowded theaters so with all the all the people talking these days and whatnot (laughs) hopefully that guy who spewed hot cheese nuts dust at you or whatever the fuck he was you won't be showing up there oh yeah hopefully he's gotten so fat by now he can't get out of his front door (laughs) so but anyway the reason i wanted to bring this up so i had seen a review for the film i didn't read any of it i just looked at the score so i don't spoil anything but The first one was literally from IGN, who is pretty notorious for taking payouts to give good reviews. You know, that's not even a uh, misnomer or anything, but they didn't give it a very hot review. And on like the front page of my goddamn Google today, there's a a headline from Forbes that basically said this is the worst fucking Star Wars movie of all of them. Yeah, that's going to be a pretty rough uh, go of it, considering how bad The Last Jedi was. The last uh, episode eight. See, it was pretty bad. You know what's funny is like, I feel like that film has such a split in the community. Like some people really love it or some people really hate it. You know what I mean? There's like, you obviously hate it. I think it's okay. I think for me personally, if they do certain things with the story in the last movie, it might redeem that one. But I have a strong feeling that's not going to happen at all. For me personally, if Ray's parents are literally just like scumbag scavengers who just abandon her and and like she doesn't actually have like some great backstory, then I think that's really going to ruin it for me. I think that was the one point that I really didn't like. Yeah, there was a lot of points in the episode eight that I really didn't like. I almost walked out of the theater. It was so bad. I've been told by a coworker that he was reading on the internet. Um, I've read a lot of reviews on the internet too, but he was reading that if you really liked episode eight, you're going to hate this movie. If you hated episode eight, you're probably going to like this movie. Really? I kind of have high hopes for myself in that regard. Okay. Well, then, okay, you've just literally rejuvenated my hopes for the movie. So, um, but then again, like the the prequels, I didn't think they were the worst movies ever, but a lot of people fucking hated them. I didn't like the prequels, except for the third one. I thought the third one was pretty good. I didn't like the prequels when I first watched them, but then when I went back about 10 years later and watched them again, I actually kind of liked them a little bit. So Mm. it's kind of a time thing once all the heat died down. But I really think that a lot of those reviews that you're reading, I was talking to my brother about this today. I don't think that any of them are like people who had actually seen the movie i think a lot of those reviews are clickbaity from just the people who really haven't seen it but they've read other reviews and they're kind of just because it if you read those reviews it almost seems like they didn't see the movie yet <laughs> i did i didn't want to read any of them because i don't want to be here a uh iota of information about it but i know what you're saying to be honest like Really critical reviewers, I generally don't take them too seriously because they always have an agenda. And I, it's just, I don't know. 
I, ju- I just don't take them serious because especially like if you if you really sit down and read like Rotten Tomato super reviewers and shit, it's basically just pure cringe. That's my opinion. Yeah, I um I like the sites that have what the professional critics gave for a score and then what the fans gave for a score. Because you can kind of like it's not really like a science of like averaging it out, but you can kind of get maybe normal people would think of it. Because, like, even the people who aren't professional critics, a normal person doesn't sit down and write a movie review. No. You know? Well, some and people do yeah. because they think that their opinion is, like, some gold standard or some shit. Yeah. And if you wrote a review, you either really, really loved it or really, really hated it. That's like, true. That's a good point. Like, there's not a lot of in-between on that, so. <laughs> well... We should probably jump into the hot sheets. We need to get some saucy, some saucy news here. So, what do you got from the uh, the National Enquirer this week, Phil? So, it is the same edition as I was reading from last week. Uh, this is actually a story from the same page. It's just below it. I was debating last week on whether to read about the drunk judges shootout disgrace or this one. So, this week I am actually going to read this one. <laughs> It is titled Pancake House Pandemonium. Ooh, okay. All right, get ready for this one. (laughs) Okay. So, mayhem erupted at an IHOP when a customer allegedly cracked two other diners with a coffee carafe before robbing them. Damn, okay. I wonder if it had hot coffee in it, because obviously that adds to the pain. Yeah, I imagine it was one of those metal ones, and I don't think that the metal ones get as hot. Or as breakable as the uh, the glass ones, <laughs> the ceramic so, ones. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that it was uh, just the. Well, honestly, it's bad enough, you know, being a metal one. But <laughs> did it? So police. What's that? I was gonna say, did it say what establishment they robbed? Well, he was eating at an IHOP. IHOP. Okay, International House of Pancakes. All right. Yeah. Only only the best pancake house. <laughs> so <laughs> police said surveillance video showed Joe Ernest Meza, 47, eating at a booth at the Phoenix Eatery before approaching two women on September 29th. He then snatched their coffee carafe and smacked them in the head with it several times. Jesus. Yeah. And I, there's pictures of uh, the people he hit. It doesn't, obviously it doesn't give the names of the two women, but they are elderly women. And yeah, so surveillance pictures on the page actually show one of the women cowering in fear. It's actually kind of a scary picture. He was robbing other patrons of the restaurant, not like the restaurant itself. No, yeah, he was, he walked up to two people, uh, two older women eating and hit them with the, the coffee craft that was at their table. Jesus Christ, that's random. Yeah, it was very random. So afterwards, basically, he was walking around, like, throwing plates and glasses and silverware and just causing all sorts of mayhem. Other patrons at the restaurant were running, hiding behind the counter, hiding behind other waitresses. It says that a family with a baby was trying to escape the restaurant. Gee, this sounds like a case of bath salts. Yeah, so uh, Mesa was captured <laughs> by police as he ran through the parking lot. He was found with the credit cards and a passport belonging to one of the victims. Uh, so according to police, Mesa is a homeless veteran with mental issues. And court records show he has a lengthy criminal history. So it's kind of a sad thing both ways. Yeah. Uh, these two women being beaten by this guy, but also he's fucked up in the head. Yeah, sounds like he just snapped, really. Just lost his shit and just... I I don't know what he was, I don't know what his end goal was. It sounds like he just went crazy. Yeah, well, I don't know if he intended on paying for his meal or if he just realized he had no money and went and robbed the two weakest people he saw in the restaurant. It kind of seems like just the opportunity deal. (laughs) Could he have been shot with a, uh, what did you call them, energy weapon or whatever those things were? Oh, a directed energy weapon? Yeah. Could have been. He was in the International House of Pancakes, so ah, it could be a foreign element there. Maybe it was, what is the British one, S-17 or something? S-I-S? <laughs> you talking about the uh, the fucking great British uh, chef again? No, no, no. What's the, the English, like, secret, secret service or, like, the CIA? It's S-I-S, isn't Oh, it? MI-6. Ah, yeah, maybe they shot him with him. 
Yeah, of course, Gord Ramsey could be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. could be I guarantee Gord Ramsey was shooting from his fucking uh, PGO or <laughs> whatever that fucking car is from outside. I always suspect either Obama or Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> so Beza was charged with theft and multiple accounts of aggravated assault. So okay. they ended up getting him, and uh, he. It doesn't say if he's gone on trial yet. So well, I mean, I, I guess justice was kind of served there. So he didn't get away. He got busted, and now he is a celebrity on Subliminal Deception podcast. So well done, sir. I imagine that the two victims survived. Uh, it didn't really say what their injuries were or if they were hospitalized. Mm. So I imagine they were. But. I Yeah, I'm pretty sure the National Enquirer would state if they were dead or not. But yeah. uh, but uh, anyway, let's uh, let's let's dive head first into the conspiracy. It is your week, Phil. So you are going to take this uh, uh, horse by the reins and lead us down a path of conspiracy goodness. Yeah, well, I wanted to pick a little bit of a, a broader topic, and I actually picked one that's so broad, I might actually have to make this a two-parter. I'm just going to get into basically the first part of my research. So, have you ever heard of the Central Intelligence Agency? It sounds familiar. Yeah. So, in 1941, the Office of Coordinator of Information was established by Franklin Delano Roosevelt to streamline information coming from the Army, Navy, and FBI. All of these organizations had been working independently, and FDR, at the start of World War II, wanted everything to come through a central point, a coordinator. So that's kind of why he set it up. Yeah. Creating the Office of Coordinator of Information, uh, he appointed a World War I hero, William Wild Bill Donovan, to lead the organization. At the time, it only had 600 staffers and a budget of around $10 million. That's a lot for back then, though. Yeah, that is quite a lot for back then, especially like just as the war is heating up Mm. for the United States, I should say. Um, Can we refer to the CIA agents from here on out as spooks? Spooks, I believe. Isn't that (laughs) what they're kind of referred to? Yeah, it is. In the old movies? I was uh, I was watching this movie called The Conspiracy. It's a found footage like horror horror ish film. It's actually pretty fucking good, but uh, they think people are following them. They'll be like fucking spooks. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> That'd be great. I gotta. I might have to watch that. Is that on the such uh, thing you watch? Uh, no, 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 no. You download. You download Tubi. Tubi TV. Uh, it's free movies, but you have to like watch like three commercials or whatever. It's not that big of a deal. But yeah, it's on there. It's under the horror section. It's called The Conspiracy. Uh, I th- actually think you would like it. It's it's pretty sweet, actually. Like, it's essentially, they're interviewing a conspiracy guy. He goes missing, and then they resume what he was researching. And then it's kind of like, holy shit, what's going on here? And you said that's on Tubi. Tubi, yep. For, okay, it's I'll have to watch that one. Free on Xbox or PS4 or whatever, so... Okay, cool. Yeah, I need to get into some more of that shit. So the OIC would eventually be put under the Joint Chiefs of Staff in June 1942 and would be turned into the Office of Strategic Services, or the OSS. Uh, They would be deployed all over the world to gather information. The OSS eventually grew to over 13,000 people, uh, employing many of them from the Army and the Army Air Force. Damn, I didn't know it was that big. Yeah, I mean, it blew up pretty quickly because of all the intelligence coming in. Mm. I remember one thing I always remember about the CIA is they have a... St- I, don't, I don't know if you're going to say this, but they have like a statue of one of George Washington's like uh, spies or whatever. But people kind of laugh at it because he actually got caught. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's probably why we know about him. Uh, it's true. That's that's very true, but yeah, they they kind of laugh because he was kind of like the first spy for the United States or whatever. But uh, but yeah, he ended up getting caught. He wasn't a very good spy. Yeah, well, I know that a lot of those, um, a lot of the spies that you hear about, the only reason why you know about this was because their plots either got foiled or they were arrested or caught. You know, or you're like you know Gordon Ramsay or Obama, and you just hide in plain sight. 
That's true. Just become a uh, a celebrity or a politician, you can just get away with it. All of times. So after the war, the OSS was temporarily realigned under the National Security Act of 1947, uh, which was signed into law on July 26, 1947, by President Truman. And on September 18th, which is actually my brother's birthday, uh, that same year, 1947, the Central Intelligence Agency was officially created. So FDR initially called it, whatever you call it, collaborating, whatever. The Office of Coordinator of Information. Okay. And then they gave it a fancier title of CIA. Well, it went from Office of Coordinator of Information, then it moved to Office of Strategic Services, and then finally Central Intelligence Agency. Mm, Okay. CIA yeah, is which kinda, it's known as today, obviously. Well, yeah, CIA is a little bit more catchy, I think, than the other ones. Yeah, it kind of moves it from like the wartime names to more of a post-war name, too. I kind of think. I'm gonna admit, I'm kind of surprised because uh, for some reason, I thought like the CIA and the FBI were kind of created around the same time, but the FBI was way before this. Yeah, the FBI was for catching um, like criminals in country. Uh, Dillinger, I think that. A lot of the FBI's like lore comes from when they were trying to catch him. Was it? I thought it was more like uh, kind of during the Prohibition era. They had a lot of uh, bureau agents. Wasn't he during the Prohibition era? Yeah, I, su- maybe I suppose. Maybe I got him fucked up with someone else. Either way, they were on there. I feel like the Pinkertons kind of morphed into the FBI, but I could be wrong. Oh, yeah. Not sure when the Pinkertons went out, but <laughs> I know they were uh, they were big into labor busting. But. Hell yeah. We need to bring them back. Yeah, that is true. (laughs) (laughs) So at this point, the CIA was mostly just gathering intelligence and advising on matters of intelligence for the United States government. Uh, However, though, two years later, on June 20th, 1949, the Central Intelligence Agency Act was signed into law, giving the CIA much broader power. Mm. So this act authorized CIA to secretly fund intelligence operations and conduct personal actions outside standard U.S. government procedures. So they kind of got a a card to basically do whatever they feel like. Oh, yeah. I mean, and also like those agencies, give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Do you think out of all the government agencies, the CIA probably has the most power? Um. I would say the State Department probably has the most power, mm. um, just because that's the most important one, really. Yeah. But uh, like the NSA has a lot of power now. Um, the Homeland Security that only started like what twenty years ago, and they've yeah. got like a shit ton of power. <laughs> well, let's not forget about the Postal Department, Phil, because they are not to be trifled with. No, you don't want to fuck with them. That is true. <laughs> you never get your goddamn packages. Yeah, and they've got all those angry postmen. So, in 1961, the CIA moved from Washington, D.C. to its uh, home in Langley, Virginia. Uh, In that time, the CIA became an official and integral part of the United States government and blew up in size and strength. Uh, It also conducted and funded operations all over the world. So, in the short 20 20 years since the Office of coordinator of information it blew up into this gigantic monster basically Mm. i mean uh, every country every you know every good country seems to have like a spy department or intelligence department yeah everybody needs their little uh you know their secret men (laughs) running around doing secret things (laughs) so in the seven plus decades since the inception of the agency mystery and legend of the organization has also grown Along with the growth of the CIA, conspiracies about operations performed by the agents and the agency have flourished, bringing into the question the morality of their actions. I mean, any business or department or whatever that rules under secrecy, people are going to assume that's because they're doing something malicious, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Whenever you have these little things that go on, you read about little snippets in the newspaper, you're going to assume that, you know, this... uh, mysterious organization is behind it even if they're not so which kind of gets into a lot of this stuff yeah i know it's funny actually because we were i was watching that conspiracy movie just recently and you know they're kind of talking about how people get wrapped up in like the conspiracy theory thing and it's 
it's kind of a social, a weird social uh, phenomena. And I think humans basically just are naturally curious. And when they don't know things, they instantly assume it's something bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think also, especially now with the internet, there's almost like a community behind all of this shit. So like you have your own little made up bullshit like not to say all conspiracy theories are made up bullshit, but you have your own little, you know, snippet of information in your head and then someone else gives you a little piece and then someone else gives you another little piece. All of a sudden, like all the red dots start lining up <laughs> on your little corkboard. So <laughs> I will say this. Luckily for you and I, we have a support system. So if either one of us start hanging red fucking string around our house with newspaper clippings everywhere and we haven't showered in a week. You know, one of us will get help for the other one. So we're we're safe in that area, right? Yeah, that's true. Everyone <laughs> needs their uh, everyone needs the buddies. Their sponsor, conspiracy conspiracy sponsor buddy. That's what everybody needs. Gotta Dude, be. Dude, that that's our million dollar fucking idea right there. <laughs> <laughs> for all those flat earthers and chemtrailers, <laughs> we'll get them. Uh, we'll get them sponsors, and if they haven't had an outbreak in a month, I'll give a little coin. Yeah, we just call up all of the parents of those uh, YouTube conspiracy people, call them up and be like, has uh, has your son showered in the past three days? He has. Okay, never mind then. Call <laughs> us when he does. Has he used the restrooms like a normal human being in the last few days, or is he pooping in the pail again? No, my Johnny's pooping in a paper bag and burning it. <laughs> so He's the afraid scene. Obama's going to come after him. <laughs> Have we talked about the, that in uh, this show before? Like, they isn't it like the U.S. president? They literally, when they use the bathroom or whatever, they have go have it go to like a special drain so nobody can collect their like fecal matter or piss. Oh, that's in foreign countries. Is it? I thought they do it here too. No, no, it's well. I mean, in the White House, I think that their systems are all closed. But in foreign countries, they can only like they. Something like they can't just use like public restrooms. They have to make sure that if you're in a country where there might be unfriendly people, you can't like just go use any bathroom. They're going to clone them and fucking, I don't, I don't, what are they going to do with a turd? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They'll see what your diet is and then poison whatever <laughs> food comes into the U.S. Like, oh, motherfucker likes grapefruits. We're going to start injecting it with shit. <laughs> Send them to the White House. So I'm going to start off with uh, assassinations, now that you actually bring that up. On November 22nd, 1963, 35th President of the United States, John F. Kennedy, was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. I don't know if you've heard about that one. It sounds a so, smidge familiar. Yeah, sounds pretty familiar. Uh, it rung a few bells when I was doing my research. So this shocked the nation and led many people to question whether the lone gunman theory that the government was giving to the American public was actually true. Now, Lee Harvey Oswald, before Jack Ruby assassinated him, actually told the press that he was a patsy in all this. Mmm, likely story, Mr. Oswald. Jack Ruby killing Lee Harvey Oswald was just as suspicious as JFK's assassination with just the lone gunman theory in the book depository. So do you think if Jack Ruby, in fact, didn't kill him, that conspiracy wouldn't have blown up into so many different angles? I think that if his trial and testimony actually was able to happen, I think everyone would have thought, oh, that's just bullshit. He killed him. And then it would have went away. Yeah. Just like uh, Martin Luther King. Everyone got to see him put on trial and really not as much as JFK's. There are people who believe that Martin Luther King was assassinated by either more than one gunman or there was an organization behind it. But it's not as big as JFK's was. Of course, he was the president at the time. So that also leads <laughs> well, to it, so. uh, I think I know what you're hinting at, Phil. And we could do a uh, shout out to Murd Up Podcast who covered that guy. I can't remember what his name was. It was uh, a three-named Southern man. I don't remember what his fucking name is now. Yeah, definitely watch out for anyone with three names because they are uh, possibly going to be a gunman at some point. <laughs> what is uh, Lee Harvey Oswald? Yeah, and I can't. I also can't remember Martin Luther King's uh, killer's names. Was it Earl Ray? Yeah, Earl Ray Parker. I think right. It was something like that. I'll have to look it but up. I'm but I'm saying any any yeah. person with three names, 
post World War II, watch the hell out for them because they are up to no good. I promise you. Yeah, basically anyone. Mary Kate Olson, watch See, out for her. There you go. She's coming watch for out. you. So many groups and organizations over the years have been attributed to the supposed conspiracy to kill the president, including Fidel Castro's Cuba, along with help from the Russians. Also, anti-Castro Cubans, the mafia, the military-industrial complex, and even the vice president of the United States, Lyndon Baines Johnson himself. Yeah, they like to blame him, don't they? Yeah. One organization that has also had uh, the conspiracy light shined on them is also the CIA. Hmm. They're all, I feel, I was trying to think when you started talking about the CIA, is like, have they literally been connected to every single conspiracy we've done in some way, shape, or form? There's always like a three degrees to the fucking CIA in every conspiracy. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that CIA just kind of funds all of this crazy shit. It's a conspiracy, and then like 35 years later, it's like, oh yeah, we did kind of, like it comes out. Of over like freedom of information acts that yeah. they actually did that so that's a yeah that's a good point yeah the kooky shit that people used to joke about 50 years ago eventually just kind of comes true enough i guess <laughs> i know it, it's crazy they've uh i don't know they've they've done some crazy shit yeah so the theory that the cia may have been behind the assassination of jfk grew during the 60s and 70s as the American public learned that the CIA had also plotted to kill Fidel Castro and South Vietnamese President, I'm going to say his name completely wrong, uh, Nigo Dien Diem. Okay, why, now, why would they want to kill that guy? He was the, so, obviously, North Vietnamese and South Vietnamese were at war with each other. Yep. Um, okay. Communists in the North, and we were supporting the South. Uh, the problem was, DM was a horrible dictator who was murdering Buddhist monks and doing all sorts of shit. The CIA was also tied to funding the militias that DM used to kill the Buddhists. Gotcha. So that's a little weird, too. Yeah. Hmm. That is weird. I mean, I don't know. They... It's funny about, like, the CIA in Vietnam because I feel like when you watch so many war movies or, like, movies about, like, secrets that were happening during the Vietnam War or the Cold War or whatever, it's always like the CIA has their fingers in it somehow. Obviously, some a lot of those are fictional, but it's like I feel like there's a little piece of that that might be rooted in the truth. Uh, some black ops shit. Yeah, definitely. The coup d'etat and the assassination of President Diem actually happened during the same month as the JFK assassination. The three-day coup d'etat happened early November 1963. So they got like a double kill count within a month, huh? Yeah, it was a very good month, uh, allegedly, for the CIA <laughs> that month. So, and did they, I'll talk more. What's that? I was going to say, did they hire a sniper to kill that uh, Vietnamese uh, leader? No, so I was actually, I, I did some research, and it's going to be in the two episode. Um, I'll talk more about that assassination. But no, he was just overthrown and then just kind of murdered. There was no big public execution or public plot. He just kind of got killed. Okay. All right. So the reasons given by conspiracy theorists for the CIA making the attempt on President JFK's life was his perceived softness when it came to communists. This also included the fact that he did not want to escalate the war in Vietnam to the CIA's liking, and also the failure of Kennedy to send American air support for the Bay of Pigs debacle. Ah, that, yeah, see, now that part probably makes sense out of all of them, because, man, can you imagine, just think for yourself, like a revisionist history, if the Bay of Pigs thing ended, ended differently, basically been living in a nuclear wasteland, right? What, it's like one thing goes wrong in that whole thing, and it's just, could have been a real different world. Oh, yeah, everything was definitely, like, on just the leading edge of the blade there. Like, could have went either way. Ugh, it's scary to think about. Yeah, they also claim that Kennedy fired CIA Director Dulles and also planned to cut the CIA's funding drastically, and that this would also lead to the CIA wanting to assassinate Kennedy. Ah, yeah, you don't touch their funding. 
Rule number yeah. one, don't touch anybody's funding. Yeah, anyone uh, anyone in the military knows that uh, funding's probably pretty much the most important part of, <laughs> <laughs> of any, uh, any government organization. <laughs> so there's also a belief that far-right elements inside and outside of the CIA plotted to kill the president. And this all came from the theory that the anti-Castro group believed that the death of Kennedy would solidify anti-communist sentiment among the American people. Hmm. Okay. Yep. I mean, did it accomplish that? I don't. I don't really uh, think so. Right. Yeah, it did actually. Um, we kind of went the other direction. So they thought that it would get rid of the perceived softness on communists that JFK represented, and that LBJ would escalate the war in Vietnam. The reversal of American foreign policy after the start of the Johnson administration and the escalation of the war in Vietnam has also aided to these theories. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. I know yeah. it's I know it sounds weird, especially with like the height of the Cold War, but from all the stuff that I've read, right, uh especially about like pre World War One and just slightly after World War One, I, I feel like there's a lot more communist groups in the United States. Uh, yeah, well, especially after communism really, like, taking over Russia was, like, a huge step. Like, that really put it on the map. Literally, when you have a world map and all of a sudden, like, a huge chunk of the landmass turns red. So, yeah, that's really true. starts gaining popularity. That's a good point. That's a good point. But anyway. Yeah. In 1966, New Orleans District Attorney Jim Garrison started an investigation into his theory that right-wing extremists had conspired with factions inside of the CIA, along with the military-industrial complex, to assassinate the president and have Johnson assume the presidency. Now, according to conspiracy theorists, the military-industrial complex had an obvious need for the end of the Kennedy administration, as the de-escalation in Vietnam and the thawing of the Cold War would have drastic consequences for their profit margins. As a reduction in enemies ends the need for the advanced readiness and the purchase of arms in mass. Well, here's the one thing that doesn't make sense to me. Well, first off, uh, generally speaking, far right groups aren't, I don't want to say that intelligent, but usually they're not smart <laughs> enough to like whip up a super complicated plan like that. And second off, if they wanted LBJ in there, yeah, he might have escalated the war in Vietnam. But as far as civil rights, he was like one of the forefronts of that whole thing. That would have totally ruined their agenda. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just something that they didn't see coming with the whole civil rights thing. But he definitely did like keep the war going on the upward trend. Yeah. Um, and I think that you're also thinking of the far right people of today's notion of them as like, you know, bumbling rednecks <laughs> and not really the far right of like the... 50s and 60s who were these the idea of this it's almost like a cabal of people behind closed doors of these massive corporations who are trying to direct world policy i think that's more the image that was being so, portrayed at that time okay so you're thinking of more of the far right as in kind of what we would assume is the Illuminati-esque, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's not like today where you see like these far-right people on the internet just spouting out just wild, crazy bullshit about immigration and trying to take away people's voting rights. It's not yeah. that. It's it's actual intelligent people, you know. I okay, then I'll be trying the to manipulate the levers. I'll be the first to admit I've never heard um, that been called the far right as in reference to like. Uh, post-World War II or whatever. Yeah, it's definitely, they've gone like through ups and downs. I mean, far right is on the rise, but it's more on the like populist level now, rather I think than like most business leaders and polit like business leaders and celebrities kind of are on the left now. So. Mm, okay. I see what you're saying then. Yeah, it's not quite like it used to be. <laughs> so <laughs> Jim Garrison did bring one man to trial in 1969. His name was Clay Shaw, and he was the head of the International Trade Mart in New Orleans. So he was eventually found innocent, though, but he would become the only person tried for the death of JFK. Really? And um, I'm sorry if you mentioned this. How, was, how would you connect him with the CIA? 
Well, it was him. He was in this far right group. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So he had connections with these far right groups and they were connected with the CIA and anti Castro Cubans. Have you ever seen the movie JFK 1991 film had Kevin Costner in it? Uh, I have not. I've heard it's good. Though. Yeah. So this was actually made into a movie in 1991 and it's actually really good. Uh, if you ever see it, Wait, isn't it like three hours long? Yeah, it's I mean, it's not three hours long, but it's pretty long. But okay. I mean, it's a good watch if you yeah. want to see it. So in 1979, the House Select Committee on Assassination concluded that Oswald had, in fact, assassinated Kennedy. But a second gunman besides Oswald probably also fired at Kennedy and that a conspiracy was probable. Now, the committee's conclusion on a conspiracy was based almost entirely on the results of a forensic analysis of police recordings. Uh, but this was also like later on disputed. Okay. All right. So that is written in an official document, huh? Yeah. The House Select Committee on Assassination, hmm. 1979. But I'm guessing most people don't even know that exists or just assume no. it's bullshit. Not really. And if you do know that it exists, you probably don't like leave the house much or, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. So are you putting yourself in the same circle as those people? Because technically well, you have the information now. A little bit. Yeah. Honestly. I'm uh, OK. I'm getting I start to wonder about myself sometime. <laughs> When's the last time you used pale? <laughs> When's the last time you've used uh, shampoo and conditioner, Phil? That would be today. Okay. Yesterday. Okay. I'm so, just. Uh, I'm on a roll. Don't worry. I'm <laughs> we're doing. We're doing a wellness check. We gotta do a wellness check every time we uh, record. Make sure everything's going good. Yeah. Don't worry. I've eaten in the past couple of days. Okay. Too, so. And it wasn't just a uh, Tostino's pizza, was it? No. I've been trying to get away from those. Yeah. They're, uh, <laughs> they're bad for you. Getting a little round around the waist. So my next assassination conspiracy involves. I mentioned it before, Fidel Castro. Mm, best beard in uh, the South Pacific. No. <laughs> <laughs> South Atlantic, yes. So, uh, uh, yeah, he was uh, obviously Cuban. Yeah. Not, uh, I don't know where you were thinking. <laughs> no, I know. So, I, I should have said the South Caribbean, but, uh, or the Caribbean or whatever. I don't know. He's got the best yeah. beard south of Florida. How about that? He does have a magnificent beard. Yeah, you are correct in that. I, uh, I'm a little jealous. I wish I grow one like that, that, uh, that thick. Yeah, little. Can't really make it happen, though. So after the takeover of Cuba by Fidel Castro in late 1958 and early 1959, also with the seizure of American property, which, you know, is very important. Yeah. The United States government was now faced with a huge dilemma. In that the largest and most powerful enemy of the United States at the time, the Soviet Union, now had an ally less than 100 miles off of their shore in Cuba. Mm, yeah, that would scare people. Yeah. So this came after 60 years of American domination in Cuba, which began with the annexation of the island after the Spanish-American War of 1898. Mm. And still today, we have uh, a little base on the southern coast of Cuba. Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. Get a little tongue tied there. Uh, I thought they closed that down. Or is that still up? They, uh, I believe they stopped, supposedly, they stopped sending the terrorists there. (laughs) Um, I believe they shut down that aspect of it, but they didn't shut the base down. We still own that little chunk of land. Mm, Okay. All right. I know you can visit Cuba now, right? Definitely the relations have softened between our two countries, but I think with uh, Trump getting into office, they might have uh, firmed back up again. So ah, okay. Kind of kinda not going in the nice direction. Yeah, right now, so I we believe, missed out but... on some delicious Cuban food. Yeah, missed out on going there and seeing all their classic cars. Hell yeah. Hopefully in the in the uh, the time of the Obama administration, they got some parts in to fix those <laughs> old junkers. So. <laughs> So the fall of American-supported Batista and rise of Castro led to the failed Bay of Pigs invasion, which I previously mentioned. This saw exiled Cubans trained and supported by the CIA along with a few American military personnel 
Now, the counter-revolutionary force known as Brigade 2506 landed in northern Cuba on 17th April, 1961. This, however, only lasted for three days before the men were turned back and captured. It was very bad. So they were they actually held as POWs for a while, or did they just, at this point, realize the U.S. was trying to infiltrate them? So basically, um, they were used as propaganda. They were captured, ah, many of them. Many yeah. of them were killed, captured. It was a big fucking deal. Like, it was all over the world news. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah, definitely. So this failure led to a change in tactics by the U.S. government and the CIA, as it was obvious that the debacle of the Bay of Pigs could not be repeated. So, like, unless it would have been a direct American invasion, those would not work. No. And also, they theorized that an invasion of Cuba would be extremely costly, considering how powerful their friends were. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to fuck with them. I was just thinking in my head, I'm like... If they're sending, you know, a squadron of spooks, um, they're probably all, (laughs) they're probably all white men, right? And they're going to Cuba. They're probably going to stick out a little bit. Yeah, the CIA definitely wouldn't send their own men unless they were Cuban exiles. And we'll talk about a few of the Cuban (laughs) exiles who were CIA, you know, kind of operatives. But no, they're definitely in your, in your mind of, I'm imagining like, men in like dark blue suits like <laughs> landing on the beaches of cuba no that that's not gonna happen no. <laughs> they don't speak a <laughs> fucking word of spanish or anything <laughs> <laughs> all they know is just enough spanish to like get a taxi cab be like, that would be great be like what is it uh miablo uh timothy james walker i <laughs> <laughs> Donde esta Fidel Castro? (laughs) So this tactic change took uh, the form of assassination attempts. Now, when giving interviews, something that Fidel Castro really liked to tell the reporters was, if surviving assassination attempts were an Olympic event, I would win the gold medal. Ooh, I like that quote. Good job, sir. He's got some sauce behind his, uh, (laughs) he's always very, you know, very good speaker. So according to Cuban officials, Fidel Castro survived more than 600 assassination attempts. Now that number is like impossible to validate. Uh, In 2007, a documentary by Channel 4 in the United Kingdom was titled 638 Ways to Kill Castro. I don't even think... Bill Belichick has won that many football games, Phil. Yeah, exactly. Uh, You got to think, though, they've had like how many years to try to kill Castro up until his death. So 600, 600, that'd have to be like one every week. Yeah, exactly. And you're batting zero at that point because that fucker just keeps living. So eventually you would just get tired of doing it. But yeah, you'd think so. I just kept imagining like a fucking, uh, a Mr. Magoo situation where they're just trying to kill him and he's just like accidentally stepping out of the way every time or he's spilling his poison cereal or something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he he bends down to tie his shoe and like a fucking poison dart like flies over his head. <laughs> that kind of shit. So uh, I should actually say I found in the reading that not all of these were planned by the CIA. Some of them were just kind of ideas made up by the cuban exiles and then the cia were funding directly or indirectly these people so they Uh, were the ones trying to assassinate him but there was also uh quite a few uh cia directed uh, attempts i see so they're they found these people who wanted him dead and then they're like hey why don't you try to use this cool gadget gadgetry that we have you know, I'm not saying you should kill him, but go ahead and borrow it if you'd like. Yeah, so we have a walkie-talkie in a shoe, and it's just like James Bond shit. They just start handing him weird stuff. <laughs> this is a lollipop with cyanide. You know, try to get him to eat this. Here is a 1987 Jaguar that spews oil out the back. Use it at your own <laughs> discretion, sir. Watch out for this button. It's the thumbtack button. Uh, make sure you're not backing up when you hit it. <laughs> So the documentary on E4, uh, they interviewed a few people, uh, some Cuban exiles who actually claimed to 
be some of the men who attempted to assassinate Fidel Castro. Also, they interviewed Fabian Escalante, the former head of the Intelligence Directorate, who was tasked with keeping uh, Fidel Castro alive. Okay, so Fidel had his own intelligence posse. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, I imagine he would have been helped out in that regard by the Soviets. But yeah, he definitely had his own people looking into shit. <laughs> so keep a lookout for anybody saying Don de Esta Fidel Castro. <laughs> don't Don de Esta. They sound like they took like a semester in high school <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, not every single attempt could be foiled just by dumb luck. I suppose there had to be some uh, there had to be some intelligence behind it. But I'm going to go down a list of some of the ways that the CIA attempted to kill Castro. Most of them are pretty fucking obscure. There's some funny <laughs> ones in here. So they filled a syringe with poison and fashioned it to look like an ordinary fountain pen that would stab Fidel Castro when he was trying to write something. Wow. Okay. That's pretty. That's yeah. pretty neat. It's pretty James Bondy right there. Also, they created an exploding cigar that would basically blow up like a stick of dynamite when he lit it. Kind of like uh, Daffy Duck. I mean, I think this Looney was Tunes lit- cartoons. Wasn't that literally on fucking Wiley Coyote? Like, what's next? They're gonna throw that little Acme black hole, and he's just gonna fall down and <laughs> die, or what? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I mean, a lot of these are kind of fucking just ridiculous. (laughs) So they even, this is a good one, I like this, attempted to recruit his mistress to assassinate him in bed. Okay, yeah, that's a, I mean, he won't see that coming. No, definitely. Uh, Also, tampering, apparently Fidel Castro loved to scuba dive. They would tamper with his scuba gear, causing Fidel Castro to develop bacteria in his lungs and on his skin. Ooh, yeah, Ugh, that'd be a bad way to die. That's pretty fucking nasty. Yeah, like I was... you gotta really not like someone. <laughs> Why didn't they just put a fucking bomb in his scuba gear instead of all that? Yeah, or just fill up his air tank with fucking uh, something bad. We'll put a little cyanide in there or something <laughs> with spicy uh, corn nut dust. That'll get him. Yeah, that'll fuck anybody <laughs> up. So also while he was scuba diving, they had an idea to place brightly colored seashells with booby traps and explosives. Uh, They would do this in a place where he might find them and they would paint the colored seashells so that it would draw his attention so that when he tried to pick them up, they would explode. Oh, my God. This sounds like a goddamn level in Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. So another way they tried to kill him, a poison milkshake at the Havana Hilton. Okay, I'm at this point I'm so confused because you have morons like Sirhan Sirhan who literally walks up and shoots him to death and they're going into all these elaborate ways to kill Fidel Castro not a single one of them can work. Yeah, it was definitely one of those like you see in the movie Armageddon where they're like Anything that anyone has, any idea, if you've got something on a napkin, I want to see it. Like, it's almost like that idea. They're just throwing all of the darts at the wall and hoping <laughs> something sticks. I mean, I don't know if the, the whole their whole stick is it has to look like an accident. Is that kind of what they're going for? Like, I assume a man, as such as Fidel Castro, who I presumably grew up on the coast would understand there's not neon-lighted fucking clamshells in the ocean. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Though they were just trying, like, I guess they were just anything that stuck. If it would have worked, it would have been the best idea ever, though. You know, that's the thing. Did they try walking him to a cliff and then having having a painting that looked like uh, the edge (laughs) wasn't there and seeing if he would fall off of it? (laughs) <laughs> or just creating a road that like <laughs> yeah. led right into a stone face that was painted to look <laughs> like a tunnel. That would go. be great. <laughs> so some of the more conventional ones, uh, there was a sniper attack at the University of Havana, and there was also a grenade attack during a baseball game. And Fidel Castro was a huge baseball fan. Yeah, well, I think most Cubans are, Phil. Oh, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> he's famously a fan of baseball. Yeah. 
So I actually thought that most of these were just shit that the United States tried in like the 60s and 70s, kind of like during the Wild West days. But in 2000, a bomb was placed under Castro's podium during a visit to Panama, which was spotted by Cuban security during a search of the stage. Uh, Four conspirators were arrested, though they were all eventually pardoned and released. So, I mean, all the way to like the year 2000. They were still trying to kill Castro. So who were the men that they pardoned? Were they just random rebels or were they suspected like uh, spook shills or like what were they? They were Cuban exiles. Okay. All right. I guess, you know what? You got to give the CIA this. They're determined. Yeah. The anti-Castro Cuban like American population pretty much was, it really seems like like in the reading that I did, really seems like they were at the brunt of most of these like attacks. Like it wasn't like James Walter Jones of Davenport, Iowa, going out there and trying to poison his milkshake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they were sneaking Cuban exiles into the country. I just was like, okay, you're still trying to kill him in the year 2000. What I, I what is that gonna accomplish? I I don't get it. Yeah, especially at that time, he was a very old man. In normal thinking, he's about to die of natural causes anyway. I mean, obviously, he lived for another 16 years to the age of 90. But normal thinking would be like, listen, he's about to die anyway. Let's just try to manage the the next guy who's coming into power. But no, they were still trying to get him. Mm. What did he did? He die of a heart attack or something? Uh, I believe he was like towards the end. He was really sick. He was spending a lot of times in hospitals. They were he was kind of on death watch for the last couple of years of his life. I know Raul Castro actually took over for him. His brother took over for him towards the end. So I wasn't that kind of a conspiracy itself that he actually had been dead for like a year or two before they actually told anybody. That's also a conspiracy, but I've never really read into it. I have heard of it though. I'm guessing that the CIA probably tried to try to plant a a poison gas bomb in his bedpan or something. Yeah, or just hire one of his nurses to <laughs> fucking do slip the, him some uh, do the fucking, or something. Yeah, do the fucking Kill Bill thing. They dress up as a nurse. Donde esta <laughs> Fidel Castro's room, please? <laughs> Donde esta la hospital? <laughs> They're like, ah, I don't think you're from around here, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're a white blonde lady who can barely speak Spanish. <laughs> so some of the other things that the CIA tried to do to Castro besides killing him, just like to kind of discredit him. They wanted to do something where they put a powder on his shoe, hoping that the powder would get into his beard and his hair. This would cause his hair on his face to fall off and it would discredit him with all of his people because he would look ridiculous without the magnificent beard. Well, I actually got a deeper conspiracy that his beard is actually his uh, holocrox. That's true. Is Possibly that... the hospital just shaved it off <laughs> and he died shortly after. I would believe it. It's just like, uh, what's his name? Voldemort. You have to kill his beard to beard. kill him. Yeah. That's, yeah. Where his po- that's where his souls are. Let's hope to God that in his retirement, Obama doesn't try to grow a beard. <laughs> Jesus. Take over the whole fucking world. <laughs> So they also tried spraying his podium with psychedelics so that he would appear crazy during a speech, which would discredit him immensely. Yeah, the CIA definitely loves their psychedelics. Yeah. Also, contaminating a cigar with mind-altering drugs to make him appear insane. So, like you said, they love their psychedelics. Yeah. They're putting all that research to good use. (laughs) We gotta make this acid dip cigar. It'll get him. Yeah. Definitely. So one thing that I found in my research was that Castro had denied the gift of a sea turtle. This is kind of one of those little jokes that he did. He said jokingly that the 100-year lifespan of a pet was too short and that he didn't want to get attached to it and have it die on him. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. So a little little shade at the uh, CIA and U.S. government there. <laughs> so Fidel Castro died on November 25th, 2016, as I said, at the age of... 90 years old well uh we found out probably who the ultimate assassin was uh they should have just hired philip morris in the first place shouldn't have they phil yeah i'm (laughs) guessing uh 
Well, that's crazy because he loved, like, he smoked a lot of cigars, I imagine, in his life. And he made it all the way to 90. <clears throat> so I guess all those fucking commercials are false. Well, uh, we, you know, you could do the conspiracy that lung cancer has increased because of um, them putting chemicals and modifying the, uh, you know, cigarettes that they distribute versus, pro- I'd assume, a homegrown Cuban cigar. A healthy, yeah. Well, a healthier option. I, uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd say healthy. Healthier. But <laughs> healthier. Well, I mean, as long as it doesn't have fucking strychnine and rat poison in it, it's probably it's, healthy. That's, All that corn yeah. and shit. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So political assassinations have been banned in the U.S. since the Ford administration. But the only thing that really changed is the terminology. The term political assassination recently has been changed to targeted killing. And this is usually by the means of uh, drone strikes. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They've uh, they've droned a lot of terrorists, especially out in the Arab world. So, Mm, yeah, yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, another another little thing that hasn't been actually confirmed, but there is conspiracies that they're trying to hack in to the computer systems of cars to either make it accelerate all the way up to 120 and kill the person, cut out the brakes, or do something to kill the driver of the cars. That's also a little one that people are starting to like catch up on. I mean, yeah, that's... That's a very real probability now. I didn't even, you know, you don't really think about that. I think it's one of the companies, um, obviously, if your car gets stolen, they can immobilize it and lock the person inside. Um, that's a real thing. I, I don't remember if it's Chevy or one of them. So if they can do it, I'm pretty sure the fucking CIA can do it. Yeah, I do remember that there was a... One of the Clinton murder conspiracy theories, I believe, is a man who was a reporter was actually about to like write a tell-all, and his car slammed into a tree going 90 miles an hour. So Damn. that's all like one of the deals where they think his car might have been hijacked electronically. Okay. Which Clinton is he trying to kill or whatever? No, it's someone that... Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton supposedly murdered one of those. Oh, I see. I see. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, one of those, uh, the the Clinton death list conspiracies. So they probably just put a few reptilian eggs uh, over the idol and then it floored it and he couldn't decelerate. I don't yeah. know. I have no Obviously. fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you tried. It was good. It's all right. <laughs> I didn't know so, how else reptilians battled him. I didn't know. Spit acid yeah. on his brake lines. I don't know. Definitely. So that, uh, I actually am cutting it in half right there. I've got a shit ton more that I'm going to do next week. I'm going to end it. Uh, just do assassination today. Next week, I'm actually going to do some pretty famous ones you've heard of darpa before and the weather control machines they have yep. oh yeah yeah i'm gonna get into that i'm also going to get into the dispersal of aids among the gay and african-american populations crack cocaine plotting to hijack airplanes and blame it on uh, enemies of america uh get into a lot of stuff so <laughs> gonna get very controversial i think yeah just a little bit but yeah <laughs> No, that was great. Um, um, man, I had a lot of fun talking about uh, Mr. Castro and his beard. Now, yeah. if anybody wants to uh, email us about their CIA uh, maybe experiences, hopefully someone from the CIA doesn't email us, uh, where can they do that? Uh, they can hop on our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and send us a message. Uh, we've actually gotten a couple over the past few weeks, uh, some really good ones. A better way to get a hold of us is on Instagram, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Uh, I check that like every day, at least a few times. Uh, also have our own personal Instagram accounts. Mine's SDPodPhil. I do not check that one, but you can uh, jump on there if you want to see it. Cody, you got a couple? Yeah, you can ask, add my personal Instagram at Cody Zabub, or you can add my other podcast at 
Uh, that's Bumblebutt Podcast. Um, if you want some true crime and all that, paranormal, uh, look them up on your podcasting application. Otherwise, the last thing we need you to do is to log on to iTunes and please leave the show a five-star review. Uh, it helps out a lot. It will help us uh, combat the spooks and keep them out of everybody's lives. Um, just hit five stars, type some bullshit in there and hit submit and you're good to go and you'll, uh, well, thank you forever. So, uh, Phil, I can't wait to, till next week to hear the rest of, uh, the information about what those pesky CIA agents have been up to. Uh, otherwise great episode and we'll see you guys next week. All right. Thanks guys.